before Peter comes and uh, gives the word, I'm going to read from the word. And this is um, from 1 John, the epistle of John, uh, chapter 4, verse 7. And reading on through into chapter 5. So 1 John 4, verse 7 onwards. In my Bible it's entitled, God's Love and Ours. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he is in us. He has given us of his, of his spirit and we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the saviour of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. May God bless his word to us now. And I pray for Peter as he comes and gives us the message. Father, bless Peter as he speaks. Give him the words to say, 
give him joy as he speaks and bless the preparation that he's put in. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Welcome by someone as a preacher this morning, but it's no good if you can't hear me, is it? <laughs> My prayer is this morning that uh, we may hear the voice of God speaking to us through his precious word. Uh, Nick has referred to many, many times that I'm going to be preaching about love. It's a terrific <coughs> subject, a subject that concerns every one of us. And every one of us can be involved in love. We're a family. I love you because you're in the family. And, and this is just so precious. I think the last time I preached, I preached on one Peter. And um, I, I've done a study some months ago on <coughs> Peter. And, and my mind went in preparation for his morning's message uh, to Peter. And Peter has gone fishing. Now the Lord Jesus had told him on the second occasion that after his resurrection, so if you're too near you'll have to move back because I do raise my voice but don't panic. I'm all spit on you all that. Can my wife get me some water please? Um, right, good job she's hearing that. Right, um, so um, Peter had gone back fishing and, and God told him to leave the boats and to go now and be fishers of men. But now Peter's gone back fishing. And Jesus comes and he cooks breakfast with the very fish that he's got. They went out and caught nothing. Well, I'm not surprised at that if you do things in your own strength. But God sent them back again. They dropped out one net and they got this huge lot of fish. And then they came back in and Jesus cooked breakfast with the very fish that they caught. And then he said, now be careful how I look at. So I, I, I won't. I, I'll look at Madge because Madge is lovely. She's smiling and a half. So if Madge was a woman, he said, look, Come here. I mean, a man, sorry. Simon Peter. Got a bit confused there, don't we? So Simon Peter, come here. Come here. Come here. I've got something to say to you. And he calls him his old name. This is Simon, son of Jonah. Thank you, brother. Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And three times he asks him, and, and twice he says, Lord, Lord, you know I love you. But then, and, and our Bibles fail us in this, because the third time, he changes the Greek. Now, our, our language can't do, doesn't do this very well at all. But in other words, he goes right to the very heart of Peter, and he says, Simon, son of Jonah, do you really love me more than these? It's easy to sing of God's love. It's easy to pray about God's love. It's even easy to talk about God's love. But Simon, son of Jonah, do you really love me more than this? And he looks into the face of Jesus and he says, Lord, you know all things. Well, he got that right. 
Secondly, he said, Peter was grieved that he asked him three times. Peter's got a pretty short memory. God hadn't. God God had remembered that Peter denied him thrice. And so he says, Lord, you know all things. So he says, okay, feed my lambs and my sheep, but take up your cross now and follow me. Peter heard the voice of God. I wonder if you heard the voice of God. God doesn't always speak in the whirlwind. God doesn't always speak scriptures says in the fire, but he does speak, speak in a still small voice. And my cry is this morning that you will hear the voice of God. It was lovely Nick's reference to his Bible heading. It's our God's love and our response to God's love. Well, that sets up my message lovely. Because I want to take you to Psalm very quickly, 116. And the first two verses, the psalmist had experienced such difficulty in his life. He came to this point where he says, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplication. He's inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call upon him as long as I live. I love the Lord. That is my text for you this morning. And I can say, I love the Lord. Praise God this morning. That I love the Lord. I wonder this morning, do you really love him? Or do you just say, Simon, son of Jonah, do you really love me more than all these things? Am I the most important person in your life? It's like the Shunammite. Is he the altogether lovely one? Is he the fairest of 10,000 to your soul? These two have been married, they didn't have any years, but uh, and someone prayed that their love might grow. I, I wonder, as you have a relationship with God, has, is your love growing for him? I've got, I'm going to have to really get skates on this morning. I've got eight reasons why you and I should love the Lord. The first one is this, I love the Lord because he first loved me. It was read to us in the epistle of John, um, chapter 4, verse 9. Where's the water? You just dropped your thing on the floor. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Thank you so much. Right. So, 1 John, chapter 4, verse 19 says, We love him because he first loved us. I love the Lord this morning because he first loved us. He loved me, he gave himself for me, in my place condemned he stood. Seal my pardon with his blood. He loved me before the foundation of the world. He loved me even before I was formed. As my little daughter says, before you were twinkled in your mother's womb. He loved you then. And he still loves us with an everlasting love. I love the Lord because he first loved me. I wonder this morning, can I ask you a question and I'll have to fly this morning, but when did you first fall in love with Jesus? These two remember because they're silent at each other as one. I wonder, when did you first fall in love with the Lord Jesus? Do you remember that time when God opened your eyes and you, you realised that Jesus loved you, that 
We read this morning, the Father sent the Son to be the Saviour of the world. You realise that God sent Jesus to be your Saviour for the first time. And you came and you knelt before the cross. And you asked him to forgive your sin and be your Saviour. And if you knew it, you were able to sing, Oh, happy day, to fix my choice on thee, my Saviour and my God. Do you remember? I wonder this morning, are you in love with him as much now as you were then? Secondly, I love the Lord because he died for me. 1 John <coughs> verse 9. In this the love of God was manifest towards us that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live for him. In this is love. Not that we love God, but he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. I know Nick didn't have that big word. What it means, our substitute, the one who died in my room and in my stead, he died for me. He came to save me from a crisis eternity. I love that hymn when I survey the wondrous cross. See from his head. His hands, his feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did e'er such love and sorrow meet, or forms compose so rich a crown? Romans 5, verse 6, 7 and 8. For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's when we need someone to die for us. When we were going away from him, when we were going to a crisis eternity. Do you remember the crowd when they took Jesus from Pilate's hole? They cried out with a loud voice, crucify him, crucify him. We will not have this man real over us. Mary and I have been to the Canary Islands, Grand Canary, and um, a man we've been talking to, he, he, he was there alone and um, he got quite a bit to say, but that's another story. <laughs> and he came running up to me, he saw me reading the book, and he wanted to ask me what it was about. And he saw the title, Parables of Jesus. He ran away like a mile. I couldn't <laughs> believe it, he gone. He didn't want to know. Nothing's changed. The gods of this world have blinded their understanding, but this morning, what a reason for loving him. Because he died for me, paid the price I could not pay. He paid the debt. I oh, I love the Lord because he first loved me. He loved me. A sinner. He died for me. He did something about it. He knew there was no one else good enough to pay the price. He only could unlock the gate of heaven and let him in. That's it. Thirdly, this morning, I love the Lord because he's forgiven me. Oh, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us of all sin and all iniquity. My sins are gone, praise God. Buried in the deepest sea, we used to sing with the children. That's good enough for me. Listen, what's he done with our sin? He's put it as far as the east is from the west. An unlimited destination. I think he's done something even more wonderful. He's willed to forget it. He's put it behind up his back. He's the son of God. 
He's the saviour of the world. He's the spotless lamb of God. But he's forgiven the sins of me. And of you, if you put your faith and trust in him this morning. Oh, I love the person, that, the woman that came to him. Woman, your sins are all forgiven you. The man also, your sins are many. Are all forgiven you. When we're away, I, I saw the headlines of someone's paper from London, and the headline said, Hallelujah. I thought, oh, better look at this. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. I'm not guilty. We're not guilty because of the atoning blood of Christ, that perfect sacrifice. Oh, what a reason to love him as well. He first loved us. He died for us. He's forgiven us. But fourthly, he's made me fit for heaven. I'm no longer, or you, if you know and love him this morning, I'm no longer a servant, but a son. Romans 8, 15, 16, and 17. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, whereby you cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. If children, then heirs, heirs of God, joined heirs with Christ. For indeed, if we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together with him. He's made me fit heaven. Paul in Ephesians 1, 5, 6 and 7 having predestinated us to the adoption of sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise and glory of his grace by which he has made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the richness of his Grace, it's all of his grace this morning. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Oh, I love the Lord, David says. He inclined his ear. He heard when I cried to him, Lord, remember me. Lord, forgive me of my sin. Do you remember the dying thief? Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. What did Jesus say? Today, now, you shall receive salvation. He died for me. He's forgiven me. He's made me fit for heaven. Listen, friend, this morning, this world is not our home as a Christian. We're just a passing through. As someone put it, it's a practice run for heaven. We make a bit of a mess up sometimes, don't we? <laughs> heaven will be perfect. Praise God. And we, be, we shall be forever with the Lord. But fifthly, I love the Lord because he keeps me. I've been kept with the power of God. Romans and uh, John 10. I've given them eternal life. It's talking about the shepherd and the sheep. <coughs> they shall never perish, neither shall any man snatch them out of my hand. My Father has given to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. We're his sheep, bought by his price, kept by his love. I've been kept. I always think that hymn, and you, you may not know because you had different upbringing to perhaps I did and different hymn books. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Doesn't that seem a contradiction? 
when we hear there's more eternity we live in. But don't you find yourself wondering that? My old cows love to see the green grass next door and they, they want to get through the hedge and get a bit of that. Well, I'll tell you, um, sometime last year, I had a message that the cows were out on Philip Ratcliffe's land, and I phoned my son, and I said, don't worry about that, I'll certainly be home. So I said, why is that? He said, not a lot of food there. <laughs> he, said, he said, that looks all right, but I'll soon come home. And isn't that true of us? We might wander off, we might even try different churches or do different things, but come home to Jesus. We'll be kept by his power. We belong to his family. He wants to keep us. He wants to keep us from falling and present us one day faultless with exceeding great joy before his Father in heaven. <coughs> so the first six are quite easy, aren't they, really? They're just all about what God's done for us. But listen to the sixth one. Verse five, I should have said. Verse six. I love the world. No, sorry. I love the Lord because he works all things together for my good and his glory. Let's read it, shall I? Romans 8, 28. And we know, do we? That all, not some, all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. You see, God has a plan for my life and your life. When he saved us, the plan was set out. He knew everything I would do wrong. He knew everything that would go wrong in my life. He knew the tragedy, personal tragedy be in my life. He knew the disappointments in my life. He knew the failings in my life. He knew we would get foot and mouth twice but never had that. He knew the consequences of that. He knew what a hailstorm would do just two years ago to my crops. He knew all that. So how can all these things, how can I love him this morning? Because he's working all things together for my good and his glory. I still can, because he still is. As for God, his way is perfect. You see, all my ups and downs and all my ins and outs are in his control. Do you remember the Apostle Paul? He thought he could serve God a lot better without the fall. And he asked God three times. And he stopped. Very wise. When we pray, can I just lovingly say this as a pastor for many years' experience, when you pray enough, you need to take time to listen to God. Listen to that still small voice. And God spoke immediately. He didn't keep him waiting long. He's very gracious. Then I said, oh man, I'll go over. Paul, you've got to keep the form. But my grace will be sufficient for you. Out of weakness you shall be made strong. And you will glory. Look at the words. You will glory. Say hallelujah in other words. 
that the power of Christ may rest upon you. I'm going back to the Apostle Paul a few hours later. Paul, shall I take the phone away now? Oh, no, 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 no. What? What are you talking about? Have you gone mad? No. Because now I know when I'm weak, then am I strong. His grace is sufficient. Is there someone hurting here this morning? Is there someone here this morning? Things are going absolutely wrong in your life through the economical situation we're in. It may be your fear of losing your house. It, it may be that things are going wrong in a relationship. It may be that you've just heard that you've got a terminal illness. It may be someone in your family's got a terminal illness this morning. My friend, bring it to the Lord. Because His grace will be sufficient. Do you know what He says? When I lost my first wife, what do you think he said to me? And I lost my brother and my dad all in a year. He says, as your day. According to its need, so shall grace be given. You know that poem, my life is but a weaving between my God and thee. He sees the upper and I the underside. The dark threads are as needful in the weaver's skillful hand of the threads of gold and the silver in the pattern he's planned. He's got a purpose. Look at that lovely lady he's given me now. Lovely two beautiful children. Loads of grandchildren. A wonderful pastor as well. I, I could just go on. He's, listen to this before I finish that. We get it all wrong. He says, my ways are not your ways. So stop trying to sort it and work it out, because you won't. My ways are higher than your ways. But I love you. I'll never cause you a needless tear. I have a purpose in everything I'm doing. And I will work it out one day. And as Nick touched on my final point, one day it will all become clear. I love the Lord, he first loved me, I love the Lord, he's died for me, I love the Lord, he's forgiven me, I love the Lord, he's made me fit for heaven, I love the Lord, he keeps me, I love the Lord, he's working all things together for my good and his glory. It gets better. Number seven, I love the Lord because he's coming again for me and for you if you know him. Hallelujah! This same Jesus, he says to his disciples, as you've seen him go on that mount of transfiguration, so shall you. It's in the affirmative, come again. You've seen me go, you shall see me come again. What's he doing? He's been gone over 2,000 years. <laughs> He's not preparing a little shack. We pulled up in the car park there, and there was a little wooden thing I put, well, I don't know, is that someone's home? He's gone to prepare a mansion for me and for you. And it's in his father's house. It's going to be a perfect place, and I'm going to jump into my neck, but we will be perfect. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I can't get a hold of that, but I have to believe it, because that's God's word. He's prepared the place for you who are ready. Can you say even so come? I was reading Revelation early this morning and in Revelation about ten times even so come Lord Jesus. He's coming again. Are you ready?
do you love him enough? Are your arms open? It's a bride coming, sorry, the bridegroom coming uh, for the bride. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17, for the Lord himself should descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel with the trumpet of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall be always, forever, <laughs> with the Lord. Hallelujah. He's coming again. What a prospect. What a hope. What a reason to love him this morning. He's going to take us out of this awful world into a perfect world where we will just be singing and won't be looking at the clock and worrying about the church meeting. <laughs> we'll just be worshipping the Lamb day and night and saying unto him be glory, dominion and power forever and ever. Amen. But lastly, I love the Lord because he's going to make me like him. You don't know how incredible that is. Look quite smart this morning, don't I, and introduced as a preacher. But I'm only a sinner, saved by grace. It's all of his grace. But I sin in thought, word, and deed daily, and so do you, my Bible tells me. But when we see him, uh, we shall be like him. 1 John 3, 1 to 2. Beloved, I love that, beloved, we're in the family. Now I write to you the second is I've got that right. Now that's gone to Peter. What's happened? That one do. So that, that's all that's all okay. But uh, one John three. Behold, ah, behold. Lift up your eyes this morning and listen to these words. Behold, what man of the love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it does not know him. One day we shall see him as he is. The veil, read, Nick read that as well, will be taken from our eyes. And listen to this when we see him, we shall be like him. I've, seen, I've got it 1 Corinthians 13 12. For now we see in the mirror dimly, but then face. To face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just also as I am known. I could preach a sermon on all these and I haven't got time this morning. Simon, son of Jonah, do you really love me more than this? David, I love the Lord because he's inclined, he's, he's heard my voice, he's lifted me from the horrible pit in the Murray clay. Eight reasons this morning why you should love the Lord. He first loved you when you were under. He died for you, he did something about it, he paid a price no one else could pay to satisfy the justice of heaven. And when Jesus cried on the cross, it is finished. The veil was raked from top to bottom, never to be joined, so that you and I could call upon him day and night. What a saviour. Thirdly, because he's forgiven me. Fourthly, he's made me fit for heaven. Fifthly, he keeps me. Sixthly, he's working all things out for my good and his glory. 
and he really is. Seventhly, he's coming again for me. Eighthly, he's going to make me and you like him. Give us two minutes. Those of you who came to the harvest lunch at ours, I asked Anna, my only granddaughter, to bring the calf round. And many of you met Harley the calf, and you were amazed. Only a few weeks old, Anna had been bottle feeding Harley, and everywhere Anna went, the calf went, because Anna knew its, sorry, the calf knew Anna's voice, and she called the calf by name. And they had a relationship. Or have you heard the voice of Jesus speaking to you? Are you following him? Simon, Dunn, do you love me? Well, do something about it. Take out your cross and follow me. Those of you who take daily bread, my wife does and left it open for me to see a wonderful story this week of the little boy who had eyesight problems. He'd never seen his dad. And so they went to the consultants, etc., and the opticians, and he's gone to, gone to get these knee glasses. And he's put the knee glasses on, and he's fiddled them with them, and all that, and he starts to cry. And Dad says, Sam, don't worry. If they're not right, if they're not fitting right, we'll, we'll, find, we'll, we'll go to, to the, see the surgeon again and, and the consultant, and we'll get you another pair. I wish someone stand up. Stand up. Uh, a little boy goes down to his dad and puts his hands round his dad and looks up into his father's face. He says, Dad, I can see you for the first time. I can see you. Thank you. She didn't have you to that. <laughs> I can see you. Oh, have you looked into his face? Now we see for glass, don't we? But there, face to face. And when we see him, we should be like him. I asked the Lord for two new illustrations on Friday morning. I got the boat by lunch. One was the calf. I didn't. Oh, they took the calf to the school. This on Friday. Amber had a day off. Took the car. They were abs The teachers thought they were going to have to teach Amber what to do. Well, Amber was having none of that. <laughs> the car knew Amber's voice. Amber called it, and that followed her. And they were totally amazed. It's so simple. Are you hearing his voice? Are you following him? The last one was. On Friday morning, I did 20 lengths for the first time in the pool. Not swimming, walking. Don't get too excited. <laughs> <laughs> and I got in the jacuzzi. And there's a man in the jacuzzi. And I'd only been in three minutes and it stopped. A lady got out and he was in there. And when the bubbles settled down, he could see my knee and he saw me walk in. And he said, however do you cope with that? It looks a mess. I said, that's very painful. And I found myself opening my heart to him and telling him about the knee and then telling him about the cancer. And he started to cry. 
And he's laid back at the end with his arms on the top of the pole. And the tears are coming down his cheeks. And he said, however could you cope with all that art? I said, I couldn't. But I said, I have a saviour. His name is Jesus. And all of a sudden, his arms spun up. I said, hallelujah. He said, have you heard the, um, the Chosen? He's on the internet and he follows this, this thing on the internet that shows, he said, Jesus of Nazareth came and he died, he's born, he died, and he came to give us eternal life and forgive us our sins and, and he heals the sick. And, and he said, he's my saviour too. He said, I'm a policeman. I've got two little boys. And he said, I dare not go out in the morning unless I know he's going to keep me. Do you have, do you know this Saviour? Do you know him? If you're not saved, come to him and kneel and ask for his forgiveness as mine. He'll save you. But listen, has your love grown cold? Have you forgot that first love? Have you forgot the enthusiasm you had the Lord? You couldn't be to enough meetings. You were just taken up with him totally. But now, things have faded a bit. You can renew it this morning. You can renew it. You can come and put your arms around it and say, my Jesus, if ever I loved you, just now. Father, take my feeble words and apply the part of your spirit. David says, I love the Lord because, Lord, there's eight reasons we've gone through this morning. There's many more. Thank you that we can love you. Thank you that we must love you with all our heart, soul, and mind. If we've fallen out of the fire, if our love has grown cold, if we don't spend time reading your word, like even the pastor said to me the other day, Lord, bring us back to you this morning. May we fall in love with you afresh and want to surrender our lives to you. And Lord, if we never know your love, if we never realised you loved us so much, you died for us. May we come as a sinner this morning and get to love and know this wonderful Saviour. Is your Savior too. Amen. Amen. Amen.